0: Welcome to the National Capital Bible Church, and today is a very exciting day because we are going to start our, uh, start A, I guess I should say, uh, Christmas special, and I believe that it will take us at least three messages, and I will, uh, instead of addressing Job on Wednesday night. We'll just continue with uh, our Christ- Christmas special. should be three of them, three messages. And if I don't get long-winded, three will be the number. All right. But we're anxious to get started this morning uh, as this is a, uh, a remarkable um, season of the year. And <clears throat> I think over the years... I have grown to uh love this uh these passages. Uh love this season because of these passages. And every year as I approach this uh these messages surrounding Christmas, I have a difficult time narrowing the uh, the specific passages In Matthew or Luke, but we need to get started and we'll determine where we need to be as we go. Uh, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God hath prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that is a wonderful passage because uh, it speaks of good works. And the central focus of uh, the message today is going to be obedience and being devoted to God's plan for our lives with a lot of other principles mixed in. Let's take a few seconds for spiritual preparation. Our spiritual preparation involves confession of sins. Uh, hopefully, as we begin, uh, we are already prepared uh, for God's Word and for our service this morning. But it's our opportunity for confession of sins and also to focus on the message that we've received, not only in the specific sermon message, but also in the songs that we sing in our prayers. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads, and then I'll open us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this season. We're thankful that uh, even though we are thankful for your Son... And we remember daily what He has done for us and the fact that this is Your plan. But it's during this season that we hone our thoughts and our plans more towards the birth of Your Son and our Savior. And we're thankful, Father, for this plan, the plan That sent him to earth, your loving plan, sending your loved son to us so that he could, in fact, go to the cross, pay for the guilt of our sins, and, Father, provide for us a grace opportunity for salvation simply by believing on his sacrificial work on the cross. We ask for your blessing upon our service this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Very appropriate song. When I was young, a lot of choo-choo trains were given as gifts. So, very well done, Hal. All right. Christmas, as I mentioned, is a special time for me. Uh, Not for many of the reasons that, Uh, many people might surmise, might name. For me, I love the passages in Matthew chapters one and two and also Luke one and two. They're so rich with content that honestly, I never know which passage to present. I love reading them and as I read them, I think, this is great. I need to address this. Our text will not come from Luke this year, Luke 1, but it's the background for our message. So let's open your Bibles to Luke 1, 26. And I'm going to call this our call to worship, Luke 1, verse 26. I think... The season, the Christmas season cannot be appreciated, without recalling the angel's announcement to Mary and then Mary's response. As we turn to Luke, Luke one twenty six. I'll do my best to motor through this passage. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Just a quick thought, sixth, the sixth month was the month in which Elizabeth, our context rolls right out of Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth's experience with the angel, but she is pregnant and it is her. It is her sixth month. So in the sixth month, we could say, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this angel, Gabriel, sent by God to a virgin, verse 27, betrothed, and we'll study this word, but it means committed or promised, to a man whose name was Joseph. He's of the house of David. This means he's royalty. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in the, and having come in, having entered, the angel said to her, "Rejoice, highly favored or graced one. <clears throat> the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women." Verse twenty-nine. But when she saw him, she was troubled. As a matter of fact, this word means greatly <clears throat> troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. This is, of course, and we'll study this in a minute, a a command, we could say, for the moment, for what for her trouble or her fear of the angel. But This also extends to Mary's life. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him... The throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel. How can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest. And this is a reference to God the Father, the power of the highest, will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One, God the Holy Spirit, who is to be born, will be called uh, the Son of God. God the Son, not God the Holy Spirit, the Holy One. As a matter of fact, as I was reading this, once more, we see that the highest, God the Father, will overshadow you. And this really might take our thoughts to creation where God the Holy Spirit hovers over the uh, the deep. <clears throat> this is how God's presence is very often described. So the highest, God the Father, will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, God the Son, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth... Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, behold the maidservant of the Lord. And this expression means, I'm willing to serve. What may I do? Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And I'm going to include verse thirty-nine. <clears throat> now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. And then it says uh, verse forty, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. All right. Uh, That's not our text. Love to stop there and enjoy those uh, verses and the situation that's ongoing. But that's simply our background. Where we're going this year is to Joseph. So our 20... 20 Christmas special is about Joseph of Nazareth. Now, we've studied Joseph in the past, but we are, um, and we've studied uh, Mary, and we've studied Zechariah, and also Elizabeth. Uh, We've also spent time with angels. Angels proliferate these passages. They're everywhere. As a matter of fact, they're not only everywhere in this passage, They are everywhere. I believe that we are surrounded by angels. And they have missions from God. They're not just down here uh, on a lark. They're not down here on leave. They're not down here on vacation. They are serving the living God. So we are going to study the the perspective of obedience. And Joseph in himself is a remarkable individual. We'll be in Matthew. So you can turn to Matthew 1. Matthew 1. And we'll be studying the verses beginning in verse 18. Before we begin in verse 18, I'd like to give a little background of Joseph. Joseph of Nazareth. We don't know a lot about Joseph. But what we do know about Joseph, what we are told, and mostly we're told this simply in the passing of the narrative and the story. But Joseph is truly remarkable. First, Joseph is an honorable and devout man. And God has a plan For his life. Last year, during the Christmas season, we studied passages about angels. I love angels. I love studying them. I love pondering them. There's another word that, uh, is going to be, uh, studied this morning. But last year we studied passages about angels. As a matter of fact, the last two Christmas seasons. We've also studied about Mary and Joseph. We've seen Mary as a woman who willingly accepted the role that God placed before her. And we read that. That's our background in Luke 1. Joseph is devout also. He has been faithful in his spiritual life. And God is about to make a dramatic change in, in his life. And I quoted uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. God has planned for us. Ephesians 2.10 says that it's God the Father who has pre-plan, pre-planned a, uh, a life for us that we may walk in that. And here's Joseph facing that plan. God had a plan for Joseph's life just as he has a plan for our lives. And we forget that. We forget that God has a plan. And you might say, well, I haven't seen that plan. Well, maybe you haven't chosen to take that plan. Maybe you've chosen your own plan. But God has a plan for you. And if you are open to his guidance... He will lead you. Joseph, we're going to see, well, first of all, we've seen Mary is open to that plan. I'm your maidservant, she says. And we'll see that Joseph is going to be the same. God's plan for Joseph was a little different than probably what he originally thought it was going to be. Uh, I think when uh, the angel is going to appear to Joseph that he probably was thinking about contracts, thinking about uh, the uh, jobs that he had ahead of him, uh, wherever they were going to be. And suddenly God inserts something that is completely different than what was previously on Joseph's mind. This year, Joseph will be the central central character in our Christmas message. Secondly, Joseph is a remarkable Bible character. Yes, he plays a central part in the Christmas story, but it is a silent, it's a silent and almost invisible role in the drama of Christ's birth and life. If I was to ask you, Give me a few words that Joseph says in the Bible. You will be reading long and find nothing. Joseph says nothing through this entire special occasion. Joseph doesn't speak, but as a man of action, God tells Joseph what to do, and he does it. There are a lot of us, you might say, well, I wish the Lord would appear and tell me what to do. Well, the word of God was not available to him yet. Probably difficult to put his hands on a, a, a Torah scroll. So God appears to him. God has given us his written word. All we need to do is read it and follow it. Joseph doesn't speak, but is a man of action. Joseph is generally identified as a carpenter. But carpenters in those days had limited wood sources. As a matter of fact, if you go to Israel today, and while uh, it's certainly possible that the uh, terrain has changed and there was more wood there, but they really didn't have that much wood. <clears throat> Therefore, as we know, the men of Joseph's uh, professions were—they were also stonemasons, and there are plenty of stones in uh, the area of Israel. So he was a stonemason, he was a contractor, and he was a craftsman, what we might call today a handyman. Handyman. He is not a priest or a Levite. He's not a ruler or wealthy. Although he belongs to the royal family, a descendant of David, the royal family is essentially ignored during this period of time. He is similar to a fisherman, an ordinary man who blends into the background in Jewish life. Third, Joseph was confronted with difficult choices. We have difficult choices. Admittedly, Joseph's were a bit different than ours. But Joseph was confronted with difficult choices. He could have turned and walked away from the situation that he faced. Society would have understood and supported him. He would have been praised as keeping the law. Instead, he undertook willingly and obediently what might have been an extremely difficult task. To be the stepfather for the Son of God. We don't think of this much. But Mary has a responsibility. She's going to be the mother. She's going to carry the baby. And Joseph is going to be the father. The step- stepfather, albeit. But he's the father. He has a role. And it's going to be, we're going to see, it's an extremely important one. The question would be, how would you proceed knowing that you were a father figure, a model for a perfect human being? You're the model. Little boys grow up wanting to be like their fathers. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to go through that human process. Well... We needn't worry about that because we'll never be in that situation where we are the stepfather of the father for the son of God. But we have those responsibilities every day. God gives us responsibilities and fathers have many responsibilities. So don't worry, you'll never be in that predicament. But I'm sure Joseph wondered about what life would be, would be like with This child. The child that the Jewish community has been awaiting for thousands of years. God guided Joseph in the plan that he had for Joseph. And God will guide us as well. If we are faithful to his plan. His plan for our lives. Fourth... Joseph was obedient to God's plan. I would say that at great personal cost, he chose to be what he did not need to be. He did not need to be wed to a girl who carried another's baby. He had a choice to assume the responsibility for God's plan, seemingly for someone else's problem or actions. In this case, God the Holy Spirit. Or he could step back and refuse or neglect that responsibility but Joseph of course does not <clears throat> now on with the story of Joseph and an angelic visitor we're in Matthew Matthew 18 Matthew 1 beginning in verse 18 I'm going to read the passage and then we'll go through this verse by verse and this is a great story um there's much that we don't know. But I always like to try to put myself in the place of the, the biblical actor, the character, walk in his or her sandals. I think these are, these are even though we, we realize this is not the normal human situation, I believe that they are related to situations that we face. Put yourself in the position of Joseph as we proceed. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, so we have the word betrothed, committed, is a word we could use temporarily here betrothed to joseph before they came together and coming together means officially being married she was found with child of the holy spirit as many times as i've read this story for some reason this time the word found struck me she was found with child think about that we'll address that in a moment She was found with child. She was pregnant. Then Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, a lawful man, a just man, and I think the reason that we're told just, it's because he was lawful. He was a righteous man. He knows what the law says. He's a righteous man. And not wanting to make her a public example, was minded, was considering... Was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, to divorce her. And we'll see that divorce is in play here. Verse 20. But while he thought about these things, in other words, I think what we're saying here is he knew what he had to do. And while he's thinking about this, while he's pondering what, pondering the situation and what he really must do. While he's thinking about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. That's there for a reason. He is royalty. And royalty has responsibilities. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, very often people in public uh, uh, light find themselves... Being, uh, asked questions about their past. Well, Joseph, you are royalty and you have a responsibility to the royal family. How are you going to act in this responsibility, in this situation? Well, follow the law, divorce. And I think that's what, that's part of what Joseph is pondering here. So an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Notice it's in a dream. Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, in word, to wed Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's of God. And that's critical to Joseph here. If it was for some other reason, then... This would be even more difficult. Verse 21, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his his name Emmanuel God with us that's important because he is God and he is going to be this human being is going to be with us which is translated God with us verse 24 then Joseph being aroused from sleep what's he going to do is he going to continue to ponder is he going to say, whoa, this, I, no, I'm, no, I'm not, this uh, is not, I didn't buy into this. He doesn't say anything. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, took her, married her, we would say, and did not know her. In other words, they didn't have sexual relations, uh did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Very interesting. And he called he called his name Jesus. All right. There's a lot to be known here. There's a lot to be studying. But let's begin with Matthew one eighteen. Matthew one eighteen. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. Uh, the remarkable thing about this is that this phrase connects us to the first part of this chapter. Because we've just received the genealogy. And the final person in the genealogy is Jesus. So we begin in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary, by the way, in Hebrew, her name is Miriam. And there are many uh, who are many jews who still call her miriam miriam or mary we get mary from the latin which is fine after his mother mary was betrothed and the word betrothed here means to be espoused or to be engaged after his mother mary <clears throat> was betrothed To Joseph, before they came together, she was found. Jurisco. This is uh, a wonderful word, and we'll discuss it a little further. She was found with child. In other words, she was pregnant of the Holy Spirit. So we're reminded precisely how this occurred. First of all, Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. This phrase is a natural connection of the genealogy recorded in Matthew 1, 1 through 17. It just follows. Matthew gave us the family history of Jesus Christ in the first 17 verses. And now, in verse 18, he connects him to the remarkable history of our Lord's beginning on earth. We have several important words here in verse 18 that should, uh, interest us. First of all, betrothed. Legally, the word we could almost use is that he is legally, she is legally pledged to be married. This is a legal contract. She is promised. Today we say engaged, but the Jewish culture was more. It was more than simply an engagement. Uh, we uh, very often give a ring as a pledge. Back then, there was a contract. Whether it was written <clears throat> or not, it was truly a legal contract. It was a legal contract that, that would be fulfilled. When I, every time I read this, I often think of my father. Uh, my father was, uh, you know, read these passages many times. We would go to the, uh, the Baptist church every Sunday or every time the door would open through the week. And <clears throat> my father uh, actually picked two girls for my older brother, Rick, and myself. Now, at the time... Uh, I certainly didn't know what betrothed means, didn't know what engaged meant. All I knew is that, you got to be kidding me, Dad. Uh, he picked two great gals, and by the way, uh, probably would have been wise to follow his advice. But I think it just shocked us. Uh, Rick was really a friend of the girl that Dad chose. And probably it would have been just fine. It was her sister, younger sister, that he chose for me. I really didn't know her that much, but I really wasn't into girls at that time. Anyhow, uh, I think I was stunned. Maybe it scarred me for life. I don't know. Found Mary's secret had not been previously discovered. And I find this to be part of... The mystery of what was happening at this time. Mary knew she was pregnant. But this word tells us that her secret had not been discovered by others. Remember, and we'll study this a little bit later, that she had spent three months with Elizabeth in Judea. But now, three months later, her pregnancy has been discovered. I'm told that there are tests that can help a woman to discover she is pregnant. Sometimes it's such a shock that they depart the premises abandoning their possessions. Almost losing the possession of their faculties as well, sometimes I'm told. Now I realize, now I realize that not every pregnancy is desired. But let's imagine that pregnancies are meant to be a joyous occasion. After her initial shock of the, ange- of the angel's announcement, I'm certain that Mary was ecstatic. This is unbelievable for her. She is the Jewish girl that God has chosen to fulfill the dream of all Jewish women since Eve. knowing that, but she was pregnant. A joyous time. And for three months, that was certainly her attitude, during which time she traveled to Judea to see Elizabeth, Lizzie, Beth, whatever. The two women had to be delirious with joy. If you'll remember, Elizabeth, Lizzie, was considered barren. And it wasn't until later in life that she became pregnant. And now, Mary has been told, She is pregnant. And not just pregnant, but pregnant with the future Messiah. And again, Elizabeth was already joyous. And now Mary. So the woman had to have been deliriously joyful. Then we'll see that Mary returns to Nazareth Nazareth, about the time of Elizabeth's delivery. Now, we might add human drama to this situation by saying that Mary has a problem. After all, she's a young girl who is pregnant outside of marriage. But as she walks to Judea and as she walks north, returning to Nazareth, I'm wondering what her thoughts were. I'd like to think that she remembered what Gabriel had told her. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And I don't believe that Gabriel was referring only to him, his present. I think he was telling her, Mary, don't worry. Do not be afraid. Why? Because God is in control. Now, as I was studying this passage, I was trying to Determine maybe was the uh, situation with Mary as what we we suppose that she was a young girl probably in her teens. I believe that this passage that we read actually in Luke, where she after she's told she travels to Judea. You might say, boy, that's a dangerous. Uh, dangerous trip for a, probably a 15, 16 year old girl. Don't be afraid, Mary. I would imagine that Mary was surrounded by legions of elect angels. Do you think she could have even turned her ankle on that trip and returning? And I would imagine that during this period of time that there was not a demon within two continents of her. God was in control. God was protecting her. Nothing was going to happen to Mary. But, of course, that's supposition on my part. Now, found. The Bible doesn't tell us who found her to be pregnant. But somehow, Joseph will be informed of the discovery. The interesting part about this verb, huerisco. It means it's in the passive voice. It's nearest passive. So this is Mary is not acting. She is receiving the action. It's discovered. And this tells me that Mary has told no one except possibly, of course, except for Elizabeth and possibly Zachariah. Because now, after three months, it's discovered. We're not told how it was discovered. The action, again, is not Mary's, but someone else. Four, Mary is not worried. She is legally married, and she's being guided by God the Holy Spirit. Remember, a betrothal in the first century was essentially to be married. To be married, but not living together. Hence, Mary is considered legally married. She's simply not living with her husband yet. God has ensured that Mary would not be considered promiscuous. Later on, uh, through the centuries, there were uh, accusations that, well, Jesus was a uh, uh, a bastard child. Now, I think God took care of all of those. Mary doesn't have to endure any concerns or worries about her pregnancy. It would take legal action to dissolve the contract. That would happen by the elders of the town or the city. Also, the message, as delivered by Gabriel, has come to pass. Mary is pregnant. But only Mary knows and believes the true reason for her pregnancy. This is going to be difficult for other people to understand We already know that Joseph is having a difficulty with it. The principle that we have here, would we be as calm and content as Mary? And I think she is. I don't think she's worried. I don't think she's worried. I don't think she's afraid. She spent the last three months with Lizzie. Mary is resting in God. I think those three months with Elizabeth, not only allowed her to express a secret joyfully but it also helped her in being calm tranquil and trusting God because she was standing in front of a woman who miraculously is pregnant and now she is miraculously pregnant God has caused both of those to occur five. Joseph is the one who is faced with a decision. Joseph Joseph is traditionally considered to be at least ten years older than Mary, possibly more. Why? Because it would have been necessary for him to be established and able to support a family in those days. There was no other uh, security net. It was the man working, and the woman helping him, generally having children, taking care of the children. So now Joseph is faced with a decision as a responsible member of the community and maybe a leader in it. To this brief history of Joseph, we can add that it assumed that he had died by the time that Jesus' ministry begins, his public ministry Why? Because he doesn't appear during the Lord's ministry. But of course, Mary does, and she comes either alone or with her children. However, Joseph and Mary will produce a family of seven children. And I simply add this to this point, point five, Joseph is faced with a decision. Joseph could have made a decision to do something else. But Joseph's life followed the plan that God had for him. And I believe that it was not only remarkable in what it produced, but I think as a family, it was probably uh, remarkable as well. At least seven children were born. And the first boy, Jesus was just incredible. As a matter of fact, indescribable. He is the indescribable gift. Nineteen. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting or wishing to make her a public example, was minded. And this word, a Greek word, bulimai, he was not minded. And I think the word also has the sense of intended I think that he was probably almost certain that he was going to divorce her so it says he he intended he was minded to put her away and we see that he was going to do it secretly or privately why because he loves Mary all right quickly going through this is or let's do it Seriously, first of all, Joseph must have been extremely troubled. I think that Mary, uh, was a very responsible and probably, uh, considered to be, uh, remarkable in her own, uh, her own life prior to Gabriel appearing to her. Why would she be allowed to walk to, uh, from Nazareth's to Judea uh, by herself. I think she was trusted. I think she was very mature for her age. But Joseph must have been shocked. He must have been troubled and probably heartbroken when he heard that Mary, his pure and godly young fiancé, was pregnant. He may not have believed it at first, knowing Mary as he did. But what was he to think? What was Joseph to think? With her apparent betrayal, her betrayal and disregard for their relationship and future life together, because that was impending, or it seemed to be. How did this happen? And who was the other man? A question that anyone would wonder. For Mary to try to explain what had happened... I think that the most devout, most godly people would think, this is just a bit difficult to believe that uh, an angel appeared to you and that God, the Holy Spirit, has impregnated you. Uh, This is one of those places where I put myself sort of in the place of, uh, let's say, the father and the mother when they hear of this or just Joseph himself we see what Joseph is thinking the text does not say how Joseph learned about the situation and this has always been a wonder to me the text doesn't tell us how Joseph had learned the situation possibly from Mary and that's the part of it that I like to believe. Anything said about this, of course, is speculation. If this was a normal pregnancy prior to the wedding, tradition seems to think that Mary's father would have known and he would have been the person who approaches Joseph. After all, Mary's father was responsible for the purity of his daughter and responsible for the betrothal contract. Also, Mary being young... The pregnancy more than likely would be discovered at her home. Young girls didn't travel around. Uh, They stayed home. They were there under the protection of their family. Normally, the girl and parents would be shocked. The parents would have known first, and then the father passing along the embarrassing news. The father would have informed Joseph and then asked what he wanted to do. Joseph, this is the situation. What would you like to do? If Mary's condition became public, not only Mary, but the family, and Joseph could be publicly humiliated, an object certainly of gossip and even ridicule. So even the innocent people are going to be engulfed in this situation. I do not think that occurred, but it could have occurred. Let's move on. Joseph's response, I think, is remarkable. He's not angry, nor does he seek retribution to clear his honor. We have no indication that Joseph is upset with Mary. That in itself marks Joseph as a man of character, an honorable man. Instead, Joseph quietly, and I believe lovingly, considers what is best For Mary, Joseph does not wish for her to be disgraced. He does not wish for her to be exposed to public ridicule. Joseph is not thinking of himself, according to the text, but thinking of Mary. He doesn't blame her. He protects her. However, as a just man, he cannot marry a woman whom he must consider, conclude, was unfaithful to him. The principle that I'm going to add here. Joseph is not thinking of himself. We're not told in here that Joseph ever says, Boy, what will people think of me? He never says that. Of course, he never says anything. But I think Joseph is thinking of the law. He's a lawful man. And the law is strict in this area but the principle for us is stop thinking or caring so much about yourself we are occupied with ourselves we should stop thinking caring or thinking so much about ourselves be concerned about others being occupied with self ruins your mental attitude ruins your relationship with others and probably will ruin your health We are to be kind to others, compassionate, being gracious to one another, even as God in Christ is gracious to you. That's Ephesians 4.31. Be kind to one another, compassionate, being gracious to one another, even as God in Christ is gracious to you. Ephesians 4.3. And we're also told in Ephesians 2.3. Philippians 2.3 let nothing be done through selfish selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let, let each one esteem others better than himself. I think Joseph is an example of this to us. Four, because Mary and Joseph are husband and wife, and there is a public awareness of the relationship, Joseph has... Two choices. And I'm saying that there is a public awareness of this because of the word found. Uh, it's, But we're not really told exactly how this worked. We don't know exactly what uh, occurred. But through all of this, I don't think Mary is worried. I don't think she's anxious. I don't think she's concerned. Why? Because what's happened to her has happened because of God. Joseph, if it is true that she has public, or excuse me, let's just say he has two options. Joseph has two choices. First of all, a public one. I don't think I, uh, he has a public choice, which was, which would expose Mary's wrong, supposed wrong and exonerate himself, which might result in the stoning of Mary. Or, two, a private choice, a quiet dissolution of the marriage contract. Quietly dissolve the marriage contract. The, section, the second option would remove Mary from his life, leaving her either alone, shamed and condemned, or maybe in the hands of her family, which would likely mean resentment and criticism for her and for her family. If a girl or a woman is distressed in this situation today, it was at least ten times worse. would have been ten times worse for a woman at that time. Five. At this point, of course, Mary is completely in the hands of God. I doubt that she is pleading or fretting. Mary has submitted herself to the will and the care of God as she faces three facts. She's facing three facts. First of all, her relationship with Joseph could be destroyed. All of these years, and it could have been just one year or maybe a little longer, she has a secure future. She is betrothed. She is committed she is legally contracted to Joseph. Joseph is a successful contractor, handyman, craftsman. Her future is bright. But that, that relationship could be destroyed. She knows that he must surmise that she has been unfaithful. Secondly, as a righteous man, he could not marry a woman he assumed to be immoral, to have been unfaithful. And thirdly, she is certainly facing a, a divorce. So this is the future that faces Mary as she uh, fulfills God's plan for her life. And I, I think that it, it is remarkable how God is taking care of Mary at this point. Now, we're studying Joseph. But the parallel story here is Mary. And Mary faces a very difficult situation. But she's not afraid. She's not worried. Gabriel has told her "Do not be afraid. Don't worry about this. And we also saw that even though she doubts, how could this have happened? Nothing is impossible for God. She is blessed. She is favored. She is graced of women. And here's Joseph. Joseph faced these decisions. And we're going to see that next week, we need to stop here. But as he thought about these things, this is Joseph. As he thought about these things, as he pondered these things, what were these things? He's pondering how will the dissolution of the marriage proceed? That's his intentions. But as he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Mary has been told, do not be afraid. Now Joseph has been said, has been told, don't be afraid. This is God's plan. You know, we, we go through some very difficult times in our lives. And one of the first emotions we have is anxiety, worry, even fear. Mary and Joseph are remarkable Examples for us. They both were told do not be afraid. We have been told not to be afraid because God is with us. He'll be our strength. He'll be our help. He will uphold us by his righteous right hand. So we have many lessons. That's why this is such an extraordinary uh, story in the word of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this story that we have about Joseph and really Mary. And, of course, the involvement of the angels. We're thankful, Father, that you have revealed this story to us. That this inspired word of God, this inspired story, has so many lessons for us. Help us, Father, to, to learn the lessons and then to apply them. And Father, of course, in order for us to be able to be blessed in the ways that Joseph and Mary were, we need to have a relationship with you. And that relationship comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. The season that we are now celebrating brings to us this Christ child who would go to the cross paying for the sins of the entire world and we simply need to believe. And if there's anyone who's listening to this message who is not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished for them, this is your opportunity to believe, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Again, Father, thank you for this uh, these remarkable stories. And we pray as we continue through uh, this story about Joseph, and his accompaniment by his wife, Mary, that it will be a thrilling time for us, exciting, and truly uh, passages that will bless us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.